welcome to you, Macintosh and Mod. Haven't seen what? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today we are taking a look back at 2021 and doing our year in movies. Just the movies, though. Let's not talk about the year. No, just movies. Weird year. It's a weird year, but we we saw a decent amount of new films. Mm-hmm. And we have opinions about them. <laughs> you know, it, it, okay, some overall trends. Mm-hmm. This year has a lot of strong performances, but very few like movies I went all the way around I love. Same. Like when, and looking at our list of what we saw this year, it was like, oh, that, but like, yeah, it was good. I was like, but, but it was just like, it was, it was really easy to pick the, these movies, I love everything about of it. Like the complaints I have are so tiny. They can't, they really don't take away from my enjoyment. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really hard getting my top and it also wasn't that hard picking my bottom films. <laughs> David, do you want to go down the list of the new movies we watched this year? <clears throat> are you ready? Yes. Movies that we saw at least part of, because there are some that we did not finish. There's one that we didn't finish. The Mitchells versus the Machines, Army of the Dead, Cruella, In the Heights, Luca, F9, Black Widow, Space Jam, A New Legacy, Jungle Cruise, The Suicide Squad, Candyman, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Seven Rings, Malignant, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, No Time to Die, Halloween Kills, The Last Duel, Dune, Ron's Gone Wrong, The French Dispatch, Eternals, Spencer, Belfast, Ghostbusters Afterlife, House of Gucci, Encanto, 8-Bit Christmas, A Castle for Christmas, Single All the Way, The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star, Tick Tick Boom, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, Spider-Man No Way Home, West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, Being the Ricardos, Nightmare Alley, and The Matrix Resurrections. Yep, that's what we watched this year. That's a lot of movies. Over a lot of different styles and budgets and flashiness. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we saw a whole lot of like small movies this year. No, I know there are some that are out there and there's some that have some Oscar buzz, but they're the type of film that we just like there's like the one I know that we haven't watched that I am sad that we didn't we hadn't watched is The Harder They Fall because I've heard great things about it. But then some of the other ones like Red Rocket, it's like I don't want to give that movie my money until it has a nomination. I just don't. Because <laughs> um, I don't love the story. No. So that's that's kind of where we made some of those choices. That's one thing I look at in this new year is that I tend to really like watching some of those movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, maybe that's something I need to try to do just for my own sake. It's like, I like some of these smaller movies, even though they may never get Oscar buzz. I need to sit down and watch some of those because mm-hmm. they're constantly streaming. <laughs> yeah. So... Just to just be a little more on the up and up of the smaller stuff that's coming out, because some of it's very creative and interesting. Mm-hmm. But there were a ton of big deal movies coming out this year. Yeah, but I think we should start with the movies that we did not like. Who's going to start with our bottom three? Okay, so I, yeah, we have a bottom three. So number one on this is the worst film that we saw that I think we saw this year. I uh-huh. also have an honorable mention over here. I don't. I did not do an honorable mention, partly because when I really got down to it, there were only three 
that I, I had opinions that were just so bad that they needed to be recognized. Okay. Oh, there was a lot of mediocre middle this year. Yes, there was. So I'm going to start with my honorable mention. It did not make the cut, but it's Space Jam. Mm, okay. Mostly because like it was stupid and I did not enjoy it, but it wasn't bad enough to make the cut. My number three pick, which means it's not the worst one, but it's definitely one of, is Malignant. Mm, okay. I feel like I really liked the concept, but I have to do so much mental gymnastics to make this film work that it sucks, that it's just really bad. And it is bad. I don't agree. Okay. <laughs> For me, Malignant just suffers from the third act syndrome. Sure. Of they've got a really good concept. They set it up pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then they have no idea how to write out of it. Sure. There is a big part that the acting's not great and that they threw a bunch of money into it without securing really good acting. And that's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the actors are bad in it, but they're not as good as they could have been. Uh, I think that's fair. My number three was Halloween Kills. Okay. There were a lot of bummers this year. There were mm-hmm. a lot of disappointments. Mm-hmm. But the biggest disappointment was Halloween Kills. I considered Eternals as an honorable mention. And when I really thought about it, I went, I didn't hate Eternals. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was pretty meh. So Halloween Kills is my number two. (laughs) Because I agree. It's not a good film. No. They had such a great concept and simple idea for how to resurrect Michael in the 2018 redo. Mm Mm-hmm. And then in this, they thought they were making a point, like a George Romero Dawn of the Dead, but they were so heavy handed Mm. and they wrote themselves into five different corners. Yeah. And it wasn't fun. Like, it just it it wasn't fun. And the other one was. And I know part of it is that we know we're getting another one. So, like, they they can't actually kill him this time. Like, Like, it's just. We're holding our breath for something that's not going to happen. And so that just sucked. So and then and then the retconning. Yeah. Which people brought up where they were like, why are you retconning Halloween 2 when it's not even a part of this when you could have just made up your own story? He <laughs> didn't hate that, but they spent so much time on it. That's what I hated. It was a really terrible script. And then everything just fell apart from there for it. All right. So what's. What's your number two since you just took my number two? Licorice Pizza. Okay. I can't put Licorice Pizza at number one. Licorice Pizza is the biggest bummer of the year for me because I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Even the movies we've seen. We talked about The Master and I am i don't love that movie, but I got where he was going with it. Mm-hmm. And there's some, there's some scenes in that movie that are so good. Mm-hmm. Licorice Pizza is the single most frustrating thing I've ever seen him do. Because everything around the main characters is so good Mm -hmm. and so dead on perfect satire. And then the story he put in the middle of it had a giant, huge, sensitive topic that he just abjectly refused to deal with. So this is my number one. Yeah, I had that feeling. Because it was of these films, it was the only one that I came out of mad. Like I was mad and I was like, I want my money back and I want my time back because I'm that annoyed by the things of it that I don't like. And you're right. It is the biggest bummer. And because it was the biggest bummer, it's the worst film. To me, there was enough promise to what was there 
and enough there that I couldn't put it at my number one because my worst movie of the year is Space Jam A New Legacy. Y'all. I love this. I love this so much. I I sat down and watched this before you did. Correct. Because our kids wanted to watch it. And it's fine for kids entertainment. Mm Mm-hmm. For dumb kids entertainment, I totally get it. Rewatching the original Space Jam, which is also dumb kids entertainment, there is a plot. There is a story. There are hijinks. There are fun with Looney Tunes. In this, Warner Brothers literally made a film so that they could back end all of their IP so they would never have to worry about it again. There is no fucking plot. No writing whatsoever. And the fact that villains from A Clockwork Orange and the incredibly controversial and often banned The Devils show up in this fucking movie? Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of wild ass shit that the only explanation was the studio went, let's make a movie where it'll make enough money to be worth it, but we can also secure all of our copyright claims for the next 20 years. I was livid Mm -hmm. watching this film because it is everything bad about movies, everything bad about Hollywood and especially the new standard of Hollywood. Look, I love the MCU. I understand that a lot of people have that complaint about it, that, you know, you're shoehorning in different things and you're pulling in these small characters because you can protect IP for later. Yeah. But this is the ultimate version of that. Mm-hmm. It's just awful and cowardly and against everything that's good about movies. It is by far the worst fucking thing I watched all year. I love how angry you are about it. Yeah. I could excuse it as dumb kids entertainment, but when you're throwing in characters from a movie that they can't even be released because they're too controversial to get a rating. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. It's bonkers. I just, I I didn't care because I didn't care. I didn't think I would care. And then they smacked you in the face with it so Mm -hmm. hard. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about good things. There were lots of good movies. There were lots of good movies. So let's start with our honorable mention. You go first. I do have an honorable mention for my top five. Mm Mm-hmm. It is Candyman. Okay. Candyman is not a perfect movie. There are moments where the dialogue's a little cheesy and it strays a little into, you know, we've had a really interesting meta commentary, but now we're a popcorn movie all of a sudden and you don't get that shift great. Sure. But it's one of the most beautiful movies I saw all year. Mm -hmm. I mean, exquisite, gorgeous, haunting, but not in the typical horror movie way. Just all sorts of amazing shots where, like, from the very beginning, I'm going like, whoa. It was such a fresh take on horror for me, Mm -hmm. visually, and I I could not get it out of my mind, just all of the visuals from that film. Mm -hmm. So it it gets my honorable mention because it's, it's nowhere near perfect. But it was by far the most surprising and interesting thing I saw all year. Okay. And your honorable mention? I went with Dune. Okay. I really like Dune. I think it's beautiful. I didn't have any connection to the previous film or the novel. 
So I really got to come to it fresh. My one real complaint about it is that I know it's only one half of the story. So I'm kind of left hanging and that's okay because I really enjoyed it, but it is incomplete. Because of that incompleteness for me Mm -hmm. and because I had seen the original film and Mm -hmm. knew the full story, I was like, oh shit, we left off with without getting to the coolest, weirdest part of this story. Damn Mm -hmm. it. So it wound up just outside for me, but Mm -hmm. I totally get that. And especially it really is an awesome view for people who have never heard about Dune, never talked about Dune. Well, yeah. And it it brought me into that world and makes me almost want to read the book. I have other books I want to read instead, but but like it made me excited. So it gets it gets credit for that. Yeah, that's fair. So you're number five. What's number five? Nightmare Alley. Okay. Nightmare Alley was a movie upon further reflection that I have no complaints about. Okay. That is not to say that it like transcends into this wow, amazing type movie, but it did exactly what it was trying to do Mm -hmm. really well. And out of all the different movies I saw, we would get these really awesome, interesting performances, but then the movie would lag here, there, or there would be a thing about it that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. Nightmare Alley, the entire time I was like, I love this. I love this. I love Mm -hmm. what you're doing. I love where you're going. And I totally was on board for the story. So it's not, it's not like perfect and gorgeous, but it's just really solid. Mm -hmm. And for that, I'm going to put it at my number five spot. Okay, cool. For my number five, I was actually, I surprised myself with this, but it's the French Dispatch. Ooh, okay. Our Wes Anderson series was really hit or miss, but this film was like, the right stew of all of his people because he had all his people in it plus new people and it had his aesthetic it had his storytelling and it was it just all worked like my one complaint about that film was that they didn't have timothy chalamet speak in french that's a pretty minor complaint it truly is i i feel like it was a missed opportunity but i really enjoyed it and i did not expect myself to because I like Wes Anderson, but I don't think he's amazing. <laughs> so for those reasons, like I just I think everything about what everyone loves about Wes Anderson was all working in this film. And so I really enjoyed it. After seeing Grand Budapest and mm-hmm. feeling like, wow, this is this is your other masterpiece to me besides Royal Tenenbaums, because I do really love Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I love those early movies. But like seeing that and being like, this is totally fun and I loved it, but it mm-hmm. didn't feel quite as perfectly put together as that one to me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of left it outside. But if I had a top 10, I would probably put it in there for sure. There. All right. You're number four. Tick, tick, boom. Okay. Unexpected for me because I look when Rent came out in movie theaters, that was the first time I had ever seen it. And everybody was so obsessed with it already that it became huge fatigue to me. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. It, it made an impact. And learning about Jonathan Larson's life was so good. But I was really ready for a lot more of that eye-rolling fatigue. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew fucking Garfield <laughs> showed the fuck up mm-hmm. and charmed me to the ends of the earth. The fact of that and the fact that Lin-Manuel, who, as we've talked about, has at times really overdone it with some of the stuff he's done. Mm -hmm. Reined it in so perfectly. Head to toe, 
there's not a wasted moment in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then Andrew Garfield is giving the performance of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not always the biggest musical fan. And I don't know that it hit all those notes just perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. But I recognized the whole time just what a genius put together movie it was. I didn't put it up too high on my list, but number four. it We finally worn you down on the musical thing. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Check how many movies? Well, you know, you know. Mm -hmm. And your number four? Was Nightmare Alley. Okay. I really, I just really enjoyed the story itself. I loved the way it was presented. The only thing that I didn't love, just because I don't love it in this type of film, is like the gore that's in it. But that, like, I knew that was going to happen going into it. So it's like, this is Guillermo del Toro. Like, that's going to happen. It's fine. It didn't turn me off in the movie. It was just like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of that. I just really liked it. I think the actors are giving great performances. It's directed. looks cool. I just, I, it was a good time. It was a good time for me. Rock solid movie. <laughs> it just really is. Yeah. Okay, number three. I'm making a last minute audible here and switching. Oh, okay. I'm putting Spider-Man No Way Home. That is my number three as well. It was already in my top five. Say, I mean, I was. put it at number two, but I'm putting it at number three. Okay. Here's my one thing. It was such a perfectly put together movie mm -hmm. and perfectly put together for people who are fans of Spider-Man. Not mm -hmm. only this series, but like us especially have grown up with Spider-Man. Sure. The only reason I can't put it up higher, because I do think it's a near perfect movie. Agreed. Is that honestly... I don't think it completely stands alone. I know they want it to, and, and they're very, you know, you can sense that from mm -hmm. them. I think that's where a lot of this tension from the, the comments from other film directors mm -hmm. is, is stemming from because they feel like we made this genius thing. And it was like, you did, but you still kind of have to have seen the other ones in order to really get it. So I agree that it doesn't 100, like it 90% stands on its own. Yeah, no, no because doubt. Because you don't have to know, you don't have to have ever seen any of the other ones to enjoy the film. What you will not get is the depth of the significance of certain moments and tiny phrases. But the thing about that that doesn't make me mad is that those are purposely in there for the people who have been on the entire journey. The movie's still great for people who have only been on the Tom Holland journey. Yeah, it truly it truly. And that's fair. And that ultimately has to be the aim. But then there's that extra little bit that is purely for the people who've been on the entire journey. And I think that's fair for the story they wanted to tell. So that's agreed that like it's very it's probably it's one of the few movies here that actually made me cry. Um, but it's a number three for me. It's incredibly emotional, but like I said, it it does come from a place of having all those emotions tied up and mm -hmm. all those experiences. Okay. So they're going to find it one of these days. They sure. really are, but they're just not there yet. <laughs> sure. All right. So what's your number two? Encanto. Wow. Okay. Look, y'all, I talked about it on the show. This movie deserves a screenplay nod because of how good it is. It could very easily get a best picture nod, from my opinion. I don't know that you can single out actors because, quite honestly, the whole ensemble is required to make this movie work as well as it does. Mm -hmm. But holy shit, I did not expect Disney to go that hard in a movie. Writing-wise, subject-wise, mm -hmm. the story is exquisite. 
it's perfection. I mean, like I 100% agree. Encanto does not make it in my list. Um, mm. I really just kind of went with it's going to win animated feature and I could see them trying to put it in best picture and I wouldn't be mad about it, but I really kind of hope they don't because then it feels like it's filler and I don't want any filler in our best picture category this year. It just depends, but I I have to go with just gut feeling on just movie watching experience for me. It's it's fabulous. It's so perfectly done. Mm hmm. We talked about that the music also is so perfectly fitting of what the movie is, Mm -hmm. which is huge, especially for this story, because that music cannot outshine the story that's there. Otherwise, it will never have the impact that it does. And the music has so much personality, like they matched the power of the music with the power of the animation and the choreography within that animation is just top notch. We don't talk about Bruno is the best sequence in the entire movie. And and the thing is like, it's a one, a one B situation because they're all that good. It is truly a sublime movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a one, a one B in mm-hmm. a lot of ways for me. Sure. I, I typically don't spring to say an animated film is that sure. good, but this rivals it just because of the pure depth that they were able to pack in to what they were doing this time around. Well, I'm really surprised. Mm. But now I know what your number one is. What's your number two? My number two is West Side Story. Okay. This was definitely a 1A, 1B situation for me when it came to one and two. I won't lie. Um, West Side Story just brings new life to a classic. It does. And it was done very thoughtfully and beautifully and it doesn't I say this like it makes the original look like it's garbage by how amazing this one is um and and the old one is great it is great but this one just it's a breath of fresh air for this story and I loved it and I went into it being very nervous and Steven Spielberg knocked it out of the park and so I love that the reason it's not my number one is because it had a template. It wasn't new. So yeah, that that's why it's not number one. For it's, not, it's number two, but it is very, very close. Oh, it's the best movie I've seen all year. <laughs> I, knew it was, I, knew, like, I knew it was going to be your best. Look, it's fine. It's totally fine. I, to- I 100% get it. I do totally understand the template. What puts it over the top for me is the script. Mm-hmm. The adaptation of it, the way that that adaptation allowed the actors, including an actor I will not name who I really don't like, Mm -hmm. but was able to give a really serviceable performance Mm -hmm. in a role that quite often is unperformable. (laughs) And everyone else gives magnificent performances. And then on top of that, Steven, I'm like, I've seen a lot of Steven Spielberg in my life. Yes, we have. We did a whole series about him. Uh, And others. I mean, you know. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen quite as beautiful a movie that he's ever made. Like, I haven't seen the two biggest ones that people talk about. So I know that that's that Mm -hmm. I don't want to put that completely. But of the movies I've seen, I will completely qualify it with Steven you've just made the most beautiful movie that I've ever seen of yours. Mm-hmm. Unequivocally. Fair. 
he's given me better shots in this movie than I've seen throughout his entire career. And that's wild to say about Steven fucking Spielberg. Yeah, he's not relying on his old tricks. He had to learn new ones because he's filming a musical. It's bonkers, and he nailed it. Mm -hmm. Everyone did an amazing job. I completely agree. It's right now, it is the front runner, the movie to beat for me across everyone else. And it's a high bar. (laughs) You disagree. I do. Because my number one is Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I'm a sucker for a musical. We know that Diana loves musical. But this is the first time this musical, which the actual musical only has three characters. Three. Well, actually, I believe the original was just a one-man show. And then the musical that they made of it rounded it out to three. And then we have this movie, which is a <laughs> lot more than three, is a love letter to Broadway in the best way, told through the lens of such an impactful contemporary who really did change musicals being Jonathan Larson. And that I don't get surprised very often. I don't. I've seen a lot of movies. I'm the TV genius who can smell something from a mile away. It is rare that I get surprised. And I was so surprised by this film. And it was the one that soup to nuts was just like, that is so beautiful. This movie feels beautiful. It's heart-wrenching, but also sweet and hopeful and bittersweet when you when you find out or if you if you learn about what actually happened to Jonathan Larson and you don't care because you're like, I've been on this wonderful journey with this person. Um, and then you have Andrew Garfield doing singing for the first time ever. And he knocks it out of the park. He is the one to beat in terms of best actor. He truly is. And then you also have Lin-Manuel Miranda directing his first film. This is the first time this man has directed a movie. And it is nothing but a love letter to Broadway. And you can tell because we've watched some movies where the director did not like what his subject was and they ruined it. They shat on it. We're talking about you, Rock of Ages. This it, it has all the cameos and it's nothing but we love this craft. We love this art. And I want people to feel that when they watch this movie. And Lynn did it. And if he doesn't get nominated for best direction, I'm going to be pissed. I don't necessarily believe he will win because right now that goes to Steven. But the recognition of how masterful his direction was, especially his first time at bat, deserves to be acknowledged and so that's why it's the first for me i can't put it number one (laughs) you're gonna change your list now (laughs) to me the issue is that the story for a lot of the movie going audience suffers from a lack of recognition and a lack of understanding of the dynamics involved now if you can convince people to sit down and then watch it Mm -hmm. all that goes out the window because it's just so wonderfully done But I think a lot of people are not going to sit down and watch it. And that's frustrating. But I think that's to me why West Side Story trumped it is that West Side Story is so iconic and they took something that was already iconic and made it even better. (laughs) That's an immense. I agree with that, but I am going to choose new over reinvented yet still the same 
but that's that's going to be my choice. Okay. It's it's where it's the same thing when I get really frustrated with the costume people with like it's all about like constantly reward historical accuracy over originality that serves their story and that pisses me off. I would often side with you and this time I was just like I I can't I can't deny him. That America sequence is to die for. The opening sequence is to die for, but for me, it's tick, tick, boom. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Also, I think um, Benedict Cumberbatch has your boy way on a ride for acting here. I love Andrew Garfield, but I, I think Mr. Cumberbatch may be actually be the one to beat right now. <laughs> it's going to be a horse race, but I think Andrew's got the inside track on that right now. Hey, Benedict's really fucking good. I am not going to discount that performance. Yes, but Andrew Garfield is everyone's little darling right now between the singing and him showing up in Spider-Man. I do love that everybody went, what's your favorite 2022 performance so far? And it's him dodging the question of if he's going to be in Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> because he for for so long, he was like, I didn't get a call. <laughs> he's been lying his butt off. Good for him. Amazing. Per Anthony Mackie, first rule Marvel, don't talk about Marvel. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not even the movie. Mm-hmm. What's well, Marvel? Love it. I love that clip of Anthony Mackie. It's uh... great. But before we go, we wanted to talk a little about the movies that we've watched for our show specifically this year. And we just kind of want to do the same thing about what surprised us. So I think it's safe to say that the movie that you and I both keep quoting to each other is Fiddler on the Roofs. Um, <laughs> I have yelled eat your soup so many times at David that our son now yells it at us which is fun and David continuously looks at me and goes I am the papa yeah so yeah Tevia stole my heart <laughs> for the rest of eternity yeah David's in love with Tevia it's great we actually looked up when, where the thing is touring. Like, are they coming to us? We want to go see it really bad. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but they're not, so we have to wait. But out of our series, what was the biggest surprise? Because I think we both knew we were going to enjoy Fiddler. So apart from that, <laughs> what film surprised you with how much you liked it? Steel Magnolias. <gasps> it's Weezer. <laughs> It's all of it. It's it's all of it. Look, the musical series really could have been a big chunk of it. And there were so many great moments of like, wow, okay, cool. But if I looked back on the ones, we talked about Steel Magnolias of like, I remember being really affected by the play when I saw it. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing this. I didn't remember anything about it. Then I came into this and the powerhouse performances from every fucking woman in that movie, mm -hmm. every goddamn one, yep. doing amazing work yeah, in a movie that also is really exquisitely written and made. Yeah. It doesn't rush it. It allows everything to breathe properly. There were a lot of, you know, we watched Beaches right before that, which was just a fucking joke of a movie. Yeah. And was doing, a, it always gets compared to that. But Steel Magnolias is so superior and so lovely a story that I, <laughs> we named a lot of five stars, but like that one's probably the biggest fucking deal is to go in 
after having some ups and ups and downs sure. with the eighties ladies, going like, "Well, shit." <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, I'm really surprised. Like, I'm not because I watched the movie with you, but like, I'm surprised that that's your number one. Like that, like that was like a shock for me. That is awesome. I'm so happy. <laughs> that you are a southern gentleman you have to have seen still magnolia so i'm glad that that's done it's true what is your biggest surprise my biggest surprise was grand budapest hotel oh okay. like honestly i when i think about the movies watched this year that's one of the first ones i think about because a lot of the 80s ladies i had seen a lot of the musicals i hadn't seen but like i knew enough about so i like i went i had the expectation and when we did our Wes Anderson series, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't like these films that we're watching. But we got to Grand Budapest and it was like, oh, this is so fun and beautiful. And what's his butt is amazing. Rafe is giving the performance of a lifetime. Rafe. And then who's the kid? Tony Revolori. Oh, yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember. And Tony Revolori is just this little cherry on the sunday that and he's just he's just phenomenal and i adore him and i can't wait to see what else he does and i just like that movie makes me smile and i still think the french dispatch is really truly him like wes anderson firing on all cylinders in the best way but grand budapest is a different flavor that i really really enjoy like it's more absurd you want to know why i like the french dispatch better it's because Bill Murray's character is used with the most perfect hand. It's so deft, his character, that mm. brings it all together. And that's why I love that one better. Well, you're wrong, but you know. Well, so are you. You just sit there and be wrong. <laughs> and eat your soup. I am the papa. And I am the mama. <laughs> Tradition. So that's it. That's the that's- year. That's our year in movies for 2021. There are a lot of things happening this year. There's going to be a lot of DC, a lot of Marvel. I'm excited. A lot of action films. It's going to be fun because we like those too. It's going to be fun. Like I said, I want to commit to when that stuff comes out on Netflix or Hulu or Mm -hmm. other subscription services, I want to make a little note to myself of like, maybe we don't want to watch that one, but I want to watch some of those because I always love those little movies. Yeah. And I never take the time to sit down and watch him. So I may be reporting back on some of those little smaller things that come out to be like, yo, hey, this one is really good. If y'all and it's it's just streaming right there for you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm just going to get so much superhero fatigue real fast. Fair. I I need good palate cleansers. Well, remember, January through like May is a lot of whatever. Plus catching up on Oscars. Plus that, and then June through August, and a little bit of September is lots of explosions, lots of stupid buddy comedies, a couple kid things, and maybe one under the radar like drama piece because it's independent. Then we get to October and shit get cray. Plus horror films. Horror films are now starting a little bit in August and September because they want to get more people to see it as opposed to just in the month of October. Because once you hit November, ain't nobody seeing your horror film. So that's the cycle of films, typically. 
And we also have a lot of fun coming up with series. We actually already have a few different series in mind. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple different series. We haven't narrowed one down. We're going. We're starting 2022 with our Oscar series, which is Oscars 82. It is movies released in 1982 for the 55th Academy Awards held in 1983. Yes. So that's what we're focusing on now. And then we'll take a break after the Oscars, and then we'll have another series, which we haven't fully committed to. But if you ever have a movie you think we really should watch, or a series you think we should try, you can always find us at MacintoshMod at gmail.com or at MacintoshMod on Twitter. Go there. Do it. So until next time, have a good movie. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.